SB Pod. Stamper Steve's alongside. I'm fired up, dude. You should be. Why? Winners? Are you kidding me? Nine Man. and one? We were so close to the birdcage. Uh. For, those, for those, if you're not in the gambling space, and I, if you listen to us, I'm guessing you probably are just because, I don't know, you're one of us. If you're not, there's a thing called a birdcage, and it's sort of a regional reference. Actually, it's kind of a degenerate reference. A birdcage is just if you take a ton of plays and you slap them together where this game goes to that game, goes to the other game, and you got to really be an idiot to do it. And so every week when we give the picks, we, we, we joke about, all right, just birdcage them. Well, let me tell you something. If if Wazoo just gets, I started to say if they got a stop. They actually got a stop in the second half, but they couldn't do anything with it. If they could have continued to score with Washington and somehow got home, it would have been a birdcage. We'd have been 10-0 on rivalry weekend. It started on Friday. And the funny thing is I love Mississippi State, and for some reason I just didn't put it in there. Mm. And, I, and I thought, you know you know when you love a pick and you don't give it, and then, then you become convinced that you, it's, you've, it's bad karma or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you missed your window. Or most of you just pissed because it won and I didn't give it. But then Friday, we start 4-0. Then Saturday, it was close, man. It was really close to going 10-0. Did you hedge? Never. Good man. I knew you didn't. I just had to. Had and to... here's how this goes. If if you're smart, you probably hedge because at some point you're, you've, you've got so much equity already that you just take some off the table. And, and some of you are just going to nod and go, yep. And others are going to go, what an idiot. I, I'm a gambler. So I, I, I got Washington State. That's who I have. Mm-hmm. The end. And, and taking some off the table. So what? I'm already, I'm nine and oh, I'm yeah. good. I don't need to take it. We already got profits. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I just want to be right. And that's worth more than any amount of money. As it turns out, I should have hedged, but I didn't. It's a hell of a football game, but it's like two 30 in the morning. Uh. You got to stay till the bitter end. And then we had a very early wake up call for a Texans final regular season game. Mm. Took that on the chin. What? Shout to the giants. That was a, that was an efficient offensive display that they put on. Former wow. left hand, former left-handed University of Maryland quarterback out there running all sorts of motion, putting dimes on the youngsters' hands. And let me just let me just make this public service announcement: the gritty is it's done, it's over. When every six-year-old kid in Bethesda <laughs> is going pretty accurate gritty, probably time to move on to something else. Yeah. And let me tell you, they did the gritty a lot because they scored, I think, every time they touched it. Oof. And one of our guys, Cooper, a.k.a. Secret Weapon, he scored. We were down like 20 to nothing. He proceeded to go snowman, snow angel, rather. Oh. Gritty, happy Gilmore. And at that point, I threw the flag. I looked at his dad. I said, we'll give you the snow angel. We'll give you the gritty. <laughs> you hit the happy Gilmore. That's three. That's 15. He yeah, laughed. we gotta we gotta get this defense straightened yeah. out. Get back. No, we don't. We're not great at the flag grab. Our group isn't. Playoffs though start this weekend. We'll see you, Packers. Eight thirty a.m. Kid ball Ooh, on the frost turf, on the field on the turf fields at Walter Johnson. Oh, big time stuff. Neutral site for the playoffs. Big, big time stuff. Love so it. Win, winners rolling. That was great. Texans. I think a little bit lost. Told you last week is a little concerned about kids worried about how many times they're going to touch the ball. Mm. 
little, well, a little, let's be honest too, a little, little post Thanksgiving hangover, things of that nature. Just uh, not a focused effort. Not a focused effort. Let's tighten it up. We're going to try to play off <laughs> playoff season. No, but I, I mean, I say I'm fired up. It has nothing to do with any of these things we we're just talking about. There's just, there's so many interesting things that are happening. Yeah. I want to start college football because I want to just, I just want to start with a shout to Michigan. All right. Mm-hmm. Good for you. That's, that's really, that's, that's, and, and good for you is such a patronizing thing to say. Mostly if somebody says that, I think they mean the opposite of that. I think they really mean you is what I think. <laughs> but Michigan had to take such incredible satisfaction in what they did because for a year after they won, all they heard is how much it pissed off Ohio State and how they had to live with it for a year and how it affected the whole state. And now you got to come to our place. Going to be a different song. Okay. I, you want to know what? I, I believe that. I thought Ohio State would win. Instead, Ohio State missed a ton of chances in the first half, I think, to really separate. They let Michigan hang around, and then Michigan bodied them in the second 30 minutes. And to beat them that way and send their fan base reeling, you hmm. guys – you guys just don't handle it well. You don't have much adversity, but boy, when you face it, you're terrible at dealing with it. <laughs> but it had to be so satisfying. And Bruce Feldman has a great story about how Michigan took a look in the mirror and realized, okay, we're not going to out-talent them. We can't just do a whole bunch of RPO stuff. You know what we're going to do? We're going to figure out how to gain five yards, block it, and do it over and over and over. And they left with a resounding victory and... Winning last year, you ended the eight straight losses. Winning this year, and it feels like the whole conversation is different. That's that's how it seems to me. I just wonder how you digest it all. Well, you talk about, you know, on the Michigan side, what, what was awesome, Scott, is the way they did it. They physically manhandled them Second and year wore them row. down. Wore them down. You see the big plays. I'm sitting there watching the game uh, when our guy Chief, Chief came over watching the game and after the the flip pick uh when when Michigan has the ball be right before uh Edwards b- breaks the second one I'm like I'm telling you right now they are leaning on him and there he's going to bust another one and then the next play he 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 goes the distance and going into this game I, I talked about it last week watching Ohio State in person I really wondered about the physicality of their offensive line because Michigan you saw it CJ Stroud a little different when there's guys in his face and he's not just sitting there going from, you know, first option, second option, third option. Guys in your face, it's a little different to be uh, a little harder to be accurate when you have that. So I just thought the idea of how they did it. And the other guy was J.J. McCarthy. I mean, it's not pretty. It's 12 for 24, but I see three tutties in there, 263 yards. The, the, the hitch route that they broke I thought was a huge play because you could start feeling – all right, Michigan's going to struggle. They can't get the run game going. And now if they go down two scores, they're going to have to throw it. And on the other side, I mean, plenty was made that Jim Knowles was going to be Ohio State's defensive coordinator. We talked about him ad nauseum the offseason, during the season. And I was, I'll tell you, I was surprised. I mean, to bring that many guys up against the run and leave those guys one-on-one. And then for Michigan to combat that and say, okay, 
we we got confidence in our guys. We're going to throw this thing. And between the, the scheme and then the DBs for Ohio State, I mean, when the tight end hits the wheel route up the sideline, you see it from the end zone. The safety just jumps the out. That wasn't a coverage zone. That wasn't a break. He just guessed wrong. And that's just doing your own thing. And Michigan caught him uh, with the eye candy. And I, I, I couldn't be uh, happy for a group of guys. Because the other thing is, too, I get home, I'm watching game day, and they're on the field. I mean, it is an Ohio State PR, you know, public service announcement. Herbie's singing the fight song. We got the band on the field. We got senior day. And then, of course, Fox with their noon kick. It's actually 12-15. So let's turn it over there and watch 15 more minutes of Ohio State's band, uh, seniors, um, whatever you could bring to the table, Ohio State positive. And then finally, you <laughs> they did a great job, I will say, just getting that camera on Harbaugh where he's peeking out the tunnel like, are we going to play this game or what? We're rearing to go. And finally, Michigan takes the field, and uh, it was great. It was great. Um, it was so impressive. So impressive because now when I look at it, Scott, you want to talk about the bid bag horseshoe. You know, Oregon went there last year with a couple guys out and gave them a dose. Yep. And now Michigan comes in and gives them a dose. And yep. the and opposite, you know, no one no one loves trolling people more than Ohio State fans. And the bird seems to be a little quiet with a lot less activity uh, from, from people in the in the great state of Ohio. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, you, know? you guys have been so good. Mm. And, and you have been so chesty with good reason. You had every reason to talk your crap, mm -hmm. and you did. And you loved rubbing it in their face. You you peacocked all over the world when your guys won. And again, you're supposed to. You guys were awesome. You dominated. You got to eat this because you enjoyed the hell out of eight straight, and this is two straight for them, and you guys are yelling about Ryan Day. You're mad at him. What's wrong with you people? You think it's a birthright? You guys are great every year, and you'll be great next year. And you're always great. And after winning 17 of 19, you've lost two, and it's like the end of the world. But you can't complain about Michigan fans enjoying this when all you guys did was piss on their head for eight straight years because you dominated. Mm. Well, now, they, now they've won two in a row. So now they get to do that, and you have to eat it. Or you can be mad and, and be mad at Ryan Day. You don't get to win every game. No one does. Mm. And you win more than almost anybody because you're great. But now Michigan figured out a way to win a couple in a row, and it makes it fun. That's what makes rivalries great. You gotta, I got to take something that matters to you. I got to win games that matter to you. Not just to me. Can't just be me. Got to be you and me. And those two, for a long time, it was hammer and nail. Well, Michigan's got the hammer at the moment. And you know why? Because they didn't decide to get rid of Harbaugh. And there's a mm. lesson there. Mm. There's a lesson there. Mm. See, folks? Mm. You, 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 you give a little bit of rope. You have a little patience. You ask a guy who's got, who maybe needed to be humbled. Mm -hmm. take, take a look in the mirror. Okay? Figure out what you can be better at. Figure out a different way to do it. They gave him that chance two years ago. <laughs> it's, looks like they're going to be in the playoffs two years in a row. You're at Florida State. You guys wanted Mike Norvell gone. Mm. 
you guys were just you're you were spinning in the mud, man. You guys couldn't stop firing coaches. <laughs> and you're oh, we got to fire Norvell. No, you got to shut up. You got to let him work and give him some time. And son of a gun. What do you know? Looky who's in the look, whatever they're ranked. I don't even know. And yeah, they, they lost three games this year. Right? Yeah. I, I watched the Clemson game. I think I had him in winners. Probably good first half. Had a couple of mistakes late in the half. Couldn't hang on. Lost to Wake when Wake had it cooking. Had a bad loss to at NC State. That was a tough one. Mm-hmm. But regardless, at the end of this year, you beat LSU to start your year. You you beat Florida to end your year, and you've got the arrow pointing up. Dokes packed on Saturday oh, night, Friday, Friday night, night rather. Friday night it's packed. That's what the rivalry is supposed to look like. Oh. It was awesome. Highest scoring game in the history of that rivalry. And what do Michigan and Florida State both benefit from? Whether everybody wanted to or not, they didn't fire the guy that was the coach. And they gave him a little more runway to see if they could get this bird in the air. And now, what do you know? Mm. And it's it's not specific to any one school out there. I mean, Auburn, they got their new guy, which is an interesting deal. Mm -hmm. They're only paying, I think, three or four head coaches. I lose track. But like you just people think that you you got to fire a guy after a year or two years. You just never have a chance if that's what you're going to do. And, and and by the way, and if you don't move on from somebody, does it mean it's going to work? No, Nebraska, Nebraska decided we can't do this anymore. And they end up getting Matt Rule one at Temple, one at Baylor. All right. It didn't work at Carolina. Great hire, I think, if you're Nebraska. They, they moved on from Frost because. They tried and it didn't work. It doesn't always work. I'm not saying you're wrong to move on from a coach every single time. I'm just saying if all you do is fire coaches, it'll never work. Florida State's an example, and Michigan's the prime example uh, of a little bit of patience and having the ultimate payoff in the end. Yeah, if if that Florida Florida State, could we get that on Friday night at Thanksgiving every week? Love that it. the doke was. I mean, that was awesome, and. It was. I was trying to get up early Saturday to drive back, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta stay up and watch this. This is, this is too good. It was so good, so good. It was awesome to see. Uh, I think I saw a stat during that broadcast too. Back in you know in the heyday, you know those '90s games, the winner of that game played in nine national titles. That's you know, people talk about Florida football, the state of Florida. You know that that's in, that's an insane stat. For, for the, those two teams. So it was good good to see them high-flying and, and plenty of action in that game for sure. As of right now, we talk on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Those are going to be your four, right? I don't think so. Wait, what? I don't think so. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, someone else? Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think TCU and USC are going to lose this week. Okay, well, 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 I'm talking about right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, four, yeah. Right, right, those are the four. Okay. Okay, now see, Whittingham, by the way, is just smiling and going, oh, so this game's pretty much over, right? You guys have decided <laughs> USC's winning? You know we beat them already, right? You know that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a perfect, perfect recipe for Utah. Perfect. Uh, and what a disaster for USC. The worst. Because here's, here's the point, is – there isn't a team in the Pac-12 you want to play twice more than Utah. And or in the less, big, less than Utah. Yes, yes. And in the Big 12, that team's Kansas State. I don't care what anyone says. 
that's the team you don't want to have to play twice. Well, TCU and, was down 28-10 to them, and they were doing like their third-string quarterback. Give TCU credit. That was one of the many games they came back in. Mm-hmm. But this just this sets up, and we've seen these forever, of these conference championship Saturdays for it to be complete and utter chaos. Georgia Michigan, if they lose to LSU and Purdue, are they still in? I think so. I would think so, too. But who the hell knows? Good but point. if TCU and USC lose, boy, does that suck. Because this turns into these questions. Who, when, how many? <laughs> Who'd you lose to? When did you lose to them? How many did you lose by? And I said this on SportsCenter. It's like a reverse beauty contest. It's not why you're good. It's what's least bothersome about you. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to decide. I saw a really interesting conversation. Where do you land on this? Tennessee and Alabama. They played. Tennessee yep. won. Got the same resume. We won head-to-head. Head-to-head has to matter. I believe that. Hooker's not playing. He's not your quarterback anymore. Alabama's losses are by one and three. You got smoked by you uh, by Georgia, and you got beat even worse by South Carolina. It, I think Alabama's going to be ahead of Tennessee in the rankings on Tuesday night, whether they should be or not. But my sense is the committee would say, yeah, Tennessee, you're not the same team as, as you were because you don't have your quarterback. I think Bam would be ahead of him. Yeah, it's a shame. It's I a agree shame. with that. Because Tennessee, I mean, the LSU, I mean, you have you have, you have have a head-to-head win, and then yep. you have another best win where Alabama didn't win that game. Oh, and you're right. But but do you think I'm right? But do you think they'd be, that Bama would be ahead of Tennessee? Uh, mm. be- it's all hooker. He doesn't play for you anymore. Yeah, but we we just won fifty nine and nothing. Without That's a great. No, you're right. You no, know? you know, listen. In in a perfect world, the fact that you beat them should be the differentiator. I just wonder who the questions. Who'd you lose to? When did you lose to him? How many did you lose to him? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I say, well, you know who you know who we didn't lose to Alabama when yeah. when we played him at our place. Exactly. How many? How many? By three. It was enough. I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I'm just saying these are the you just go in a circle. And that's just one comparative, Tennessee and Alabama. Then you got like Ohio State. Well, we only lost once. Mm-hmm. Well, who'd you beat? Who's your best win? You know? At Penn State. That's the best win you got if you're them. Yeah. Who'd be fa- who'd be favored if Ohio State played the other team? Probably Ohio State. I, I didn't pick a team here, but I'm, I'm trying to pick who's the other one loss team you're going head to head with if USC loses. I don't even know. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a thing to lose the way they lost on their home field and then sneak back in as a result yeah. of, of chaos on Saturday. And, and that's what I was saying. You're begging for that Ohio State because then you could see you could get Michigan in a rematch like three weeks later. That would be the best case scenario. You don't have to wait a whole another year to play them. And then you can beat them. And then you get to feel great again. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're starving. Hey, uh, our guy Dan Wetzel, did you read his thing? I thought it was awesome what he said. And he said the top four should be already set. Why should USC, if it loses in a conference championship game, fall behind Ohio State because Ohio State didn't even reach a conference championship game? That that's a reasonable question to ask. I, I think it's great because here's the other thing: what I'm rooting for, Scott, and what we've been succumbed to a bunch in these previous years was the SEC dominance. If this four remains, we got four, you know, four conferences represented. 
That's awesome. That's exactly, and, it, and it's two, and it's two new teams, which is funny. USC is yeah. not some; they're not Cincinnati. They're not an outlier. They're USC. But they look, and I was dead wrong because I, when we talked about the possibility of them making the playoff this year, I completely dismissed it. Yep. I thought they were so bad on defense last year that there was no way they could even be as good as I knew Caleb Williams was. And we've been watching him like kids from local Gonzaga. Like he led our show off when he beat DeMath as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. The best thing I saw was like a bomb to win the the local WCAC title game. Is that what that? Yeah, that's what that, that's what that was. I think. Uh, anyway, we've known he was good, but like he's at a different level now. I mean, you saw. Uh, oh. I think uh, it was uh, Peyton. Sean Peyton was on with Cowherd. Called him generational. Um, the kind of guy that they might change the way we do the the, the like has to go to a lottery out in the NFL. Um, maybe he'd be the kind of guy you change the way you approach things. He's that good. You and I both a couple like a month ago said he's the most valuable player in college. He's going to win the Heisman anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think as he um, should. I agree with that also. I never thought as good as I knew him he was that that they'd be good enough defensively in a league I thought would be better and it has been mm-hmm. to get here and they're a win away from making it which is incredible. Well, incredible. they you know they've dominated the ultimate neutralizer in in the sport and that's turnovers. I mean it's what is it now 24 to 4 yeah, and that's that, that that's you know like the smart the smarter people that are way smarter than me know you know regression to the mean and not sustainable. You're right, but part of that's just the way you play the game. You know, yeah. are you are you going to stay plus twenty? What? Of course not. You never. They've like, lost one fumble. That's and, and I mean I I remember the Oregon State game where it's like I think they fumbled on about uh, the three yard line and the beep and the the Beavers somehow didn't fall on it. Yep, you did come back from down twenty one the other day though to make a winner out of who uh, you and me. What I a want, comeback! I want to touch on that because watching the Apple Cup and watching the Civil War, those two teams. You talk about being a little brother in the state. It doesn't get bigger than those two guys. The difference in how those big Washington and Oregon looked down on the state schools and talking uh, to uh, Dave Fleming did the game. And, you know, I was texting him on Friday, you know, just, just seeing, you know, what's the mood like, what's Oregon like? And he's like, I, I, Oregon state is ready. Like they, they are dying for this game and you saw it, man. They didn't even throw the ball. They just said, we're going to run it. We're down 21 here. Stop us. And that, talk was, about, that was the most that was the most incredible part of the comeback, Steve. They uh, just they abandoned the pass because they had a block punt and threw a pick immediately thereafter. Yep. Threw a pick very early in the third quarter when it looked like it was going to go get away from them. And they had this guts to know we will come back on them running the football. We're going to punish them. And they did. Mm-hmm. You know how hard that is to commit. You'd know better than me, but to commit to that style of comeback and then have it work. Now, granted, you got to stop them about four straight times on downs, well, which they well, did. Well, well, also, well, the punter dropped the ball on the one, and also you went for it on your own twenty-nine yard line, Coach Lanning again. And I'm telling this, 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 this metrics, whatever people want to talk about, <laughs> they cost themselves the season. Going for it on fourth down against Washington a week ago, two weeks ago, and then doing it again here. That team should be in the playoff. The metrics, whatever. I don't. I'm all done with it. But <laughs> it's it's not even football. It's oh not. man. Uh, well, I mean, I think at that stage of the game, they felt like they had the grease hot and they were they they were cooking and they were they could afford to be aggressive and it and it blew mm-hmm. up in their face in the worst possible way. But anyway, I think you and I are on the same page about. K-State had TCU down 18, didn't win that game. 
Utah did beat USC. We get rematches this weekend. If you're penciling either TCU or US, USC in as winning this week, I would just caution you against doing that. Uh, it, it It's a lot. 60 minutes is a lot left separating you from a spot for sure at the table. Yeah, and the dynamic of USC playing Friday night, I mean, that's just – now you're going to – I mean, the, the conversation – if they were to, you know – lose and that conversation starts swirling for the whole day Saturday. And then you got TCU the first game on Saturday. Uh yep. good lord. Good well, lord. That could well, uh if they I I'm I I want it to be what it is just because it's new yes. teams and we don't and we don't have to try to figure out Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State. I don't even know who else it would be. I guess TCU because they'd only have one loss and you yeah. say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So why are we out? Correct. How does that work? Are our one loss in the conference championship games worse than Ohio State's one loss on its home field? Like, how, you know what I mean? It's like, you, how do you differentiate? Who's your best winner? All right, we got a laundry list. Here's mm-hmm. here's here's who we beat. I, I just I just that and TCU's flat out got screwed in years past in this thing. Yeah. In terms of getting jumped at the end, so I just I want them to keep their spot in part because of that. Well, if those are the four teams. Uh-huh. The only people that want them all to win more is the committee. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I mean, that's then, well, then I have to see. explain how how you made your mind up. But man, from from Thursday night on the in the Egg Bowl. Oh, what a game that was! Is everything the Egg Bowl could be until Saturday night on the Palouse, late, late, late on the East Coast. Man, the football was awesome. It's it's just the sport goes by way too fast. But good God, Thursday night to Saturday night—that's just everything that you could that you could possibly hope for rolled into one. As for the Sunday football, I have a few things written down. Go. I was really impressed with the Cincinnati Bengals win. Mm. No Mixon, no Chase, and the Titans are better than people give them credit for. People just no want to not people just want to not like them. You know what? You know who you know who respects them? People in the NFL. You know why? Because they know how hard it is to play against a team that runs the football and plays defense. And Joe Burrow said it well after the game. Great teams win this game. I don't know if they're great, but I know if they weren't really good, they would not have won that game. And they did. Their schedule the rest of the way is really tough. And it starts Sunday with Kansas City coming in, and it ends the last game of the year against Baltimore. Ravens have a much easier schedule. And I admit all the time to having a blind spot for them. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just hard to figure out how they keep losing goofy games the way they do. Speaking of the Ravens, now you got a tie in the AFC North as a result of them losing at Jacksonville. But part of it, part of it's that they were not great in the red zone. But you know the other thing is, Trevor Lawrence. Maybe, maybe, maybe oh. that was maybe that was a giant drive and moment for the number one pick last year to sort of look around and go, "All right, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be." He was. Awesome yesterday, Scott. You talk about having some zip on your throws. Go back and watch the. T- I mean, the 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 second to last throw, and then the touchdown throw. They also had it out for Marcus Peters. They went down on him. I mean, they they just kept going at him nonstop in in huge parts of the game too. A couple third downs in the third quarter when they needed that drive, and then I, I just. I was really, really impressed. I was really happy for him because you really saw his face 
uh, after he fumbled saying, oh, no, this that could be it. And I thought it was awesome on the broadcast. Uh, Doug Peterson told him before the bye, get out of here because I need time away from you and you guys need time away from me. And I think it's a, the craziest dynamic of, you know, the bye week and what teams do in the NFL out of the bye week. Uh, you know, you look at Seattle yesterday. It was a great story. Come out and, and, and can't get a win against the Raiders and Jacksonville back against the wall. Last drive, they could do it, and uh, they they go down and do it. But uh, Trevor was phenomenal yesterday, and I just he took that step with some throws, man. That's not a that's not a rinky dink defense in, in secondary he was throwing against. Uh, so credit to Peterson and that staff for having the Jags ready. But you you know what they had to do? They had to survive a Justin yeah. Tucker kick. And I was thinking I, about this. He's a, he's on a list of one. There's one kicker in the NFL who as when they got that completion to the tight end Oliver and you looked at line to make and you did the math in your head and you're like this is 67 ish yep. yards and then he's the only guy that in your head you go he's going to make it off the get I thought too high cuz you need that thing it's got to be a bullet yeah and that's why those get blocked all the time because you're right. I mean yeah. those kickers know exactly where it is and I just thought that the the trajectory Scott was a little too high off the foot you're the you're the expert on trajectory when it comes to the, uh, our golf expert and our golf coverage, but you know what I noticed? I watched it back. He did, you know, they step off and do their steps. He got like four steps. They, oh they're, yeah, their their line did a great job. Like he he gave an extra run up because mm-hmm. it's his long. It would have been the longest kick in NFL history, and it was dead on. And it comes up a yard shy. And uh, what a, what a scene that was. Yeah, but there was just so much baked into it with the Ravens having another lead, the Ravens getting to the red zone, having to settle for field goals, Trevor Lawrence being the guy that, you know, from the time he got to Clemson until he was the number one pick, people thought you'd tank to get a guy that good, you know? Yeah. And there was, there was a drive that mattered against a team that's going to be in the playoffs, uh, and he was he was fantastic. And uh, we love Hasty because he's always shown up on fantasy rosters, but they didn't have ETN, and I'll tell you right now, he was a difference. He never went down on first contact. Uh, and like I said, that's, those aren't any chumps on the Ravens defense. You got Roquan Smith and Queen coming at you. That guy was so elusive yesterday and uh, made some huge plays in critical spots for them. It was so, interesting uh, because it was a great at, game. It, it really was. And after the game, Peterson well, actually it was it was Monday that Peterson said that ETN could have gone back in, but they just they didn't. I think I think Hasty looked so good. Yeah, they that they just thought let's not risk it. I mean, ETN's he is. In the last month, he's become a guy, mm-hmm. but but Hasty was certainly uh, a, a part of the a big part of the reason why they were able to hang in uh, mm-hmm. in what was a really entertaining football game. Uh, the the Philadelphia offense I want to talk about because Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. uh, is just. I, I said earlier I was wrong about USC. I, when Philadelphia took him, I I thought, huh, I don't know if he's going to be a guy. And part of it is because he's not that big. I, I met him once and I was like, wow, you're you're a big dude, but you're not that tall. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean he's Kyler Murray, not that tall, but I just th- I thought in my head, I thought he was a little bit taller. And I just underestimated how I what I didn't know is what a pro he was going to be. That- Everything about that dude's approach I love. He is like he is such a um Everything, everything about the way he messages and owns mistakes 
and talks about being being like this was good but not good enough left money on the table like he's he is so real about all of it and he's so hard to deal with because that o-line and that scheme they block everything like if you watch this on sunday night hasselback had a great demonstrations of what they do to you how they stress you Mm -hmm. and the thing about him running he had 130 rush yards in the first quarter on sunday Mm -hmm. he if he could get 20 by putting his head down, he'll take 17 to not get hit because he knows he's going to get that three on the back end. Mm-hmm. It's like he always seems to make the smart decision because if he's going to run that much, he just isn't going to be taking taking shots because that's the one concern, isn't it? You just don't want to put yourself in harm's way and playing in the NFL. But I don't know, man. I don't know how you beat that team. Uh, I don't know how you beat that team in January. I really don't. A couple things. He's probably my favorite athlete in the sport because of what how he handles himself off the field. It is Bro. so awesome to see his demeanor, but yep. he has this confidence about himself. All He's, of it. He, he wears his frustration on the field. You could see, I mean, you go back to that loss against the commanders, which I think is the best thing. They'll never admit it, but it's the best thing to happen for him uh, because of, of, of getting that getting humbled the way they did. I think it really, really refocused the team. And I think it was perfect. Uh, but him being that frustrated with himself uh, in that game and seeing that on the sideline as Washington's holding the ball, I, I was blown away. And I just have seen these steps. I know a couple of uh, people in Philadelphia that uh, work out the facility that he's at. And it's, it's as genuine as there is, man. It is a, is, it, he is a special dude. And you look at his path, you look at his path and what he's been through. The off, I think he had a different offense coordinator every year at Alabama. Well, then he goes the, to, then the, he goes the guy, to Oklahoma. Those, yeah, but those guys, like, they kept getting jobs, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. kept, they kept getting like head coaching jobs. Go ahead. Then he, then he pivots. But, but why did he pivot to Oklahoma? Because he wasn't going to be the starter. Yeah. yeah. How many guys would have, how many guys would have not, how many guys would have handled that, Steve, the way he handled it? Not like, not just been like salty at the world. It, it seemed like he just channeled whatever frustration that had to be, and only and only you know and only sharpened his resolve. Yeah, I go back to not not when he got benched the next year when Tua got hurt against Georgia, and you know everybody talks about the fake punt Georgia runs in that game. But I think about Hurts when he came in the second half. That's when I noticed. He was the difference, a different player. He took chances with throws. He had belief in his throwing ability, and that's what happened. I mean, he started as a true freshman and, and went to the national championship game, but they had, you know, a run game. Uh, they had um, Bo Scarborough, and he was still able to get them there. And I just thought he got complacent with that system because they were putting the reins on him. And then that game against Georgia was was just awesome. You're like, okay, he's got to switch, and then he goes to Oklahoma, and – you know, I, probably the best thing for him to just hey, I gotta, I gotta work on my throwing, and that's what I said about him. He never threw people open. He did, he wasn't a great anticipator of the throws and throwing guys open where they're gonna be. He always would hit the guys not leading them. And this year, it's been totally different. And you could just tell he works at it. He puts his time in, and the way he carries himself, it's he's not he's not bigger than anybody. And you could just tell that 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 is a really really good locker room, and uh, it's a credit to them. 
Well, I th- I think guys, you know, there's guys that have been there on the offensive side, like a Kelsey. And I'm sure that, that, that he's he's a tone setter. Mm. Um, but you can just see that he's a, he's the leader that has the respect of the room on the offensive side. I say I don't know how you beat him. The one thing that would be a concern, Green Bay ran the ball all over him. Yeah. Um, and so did Washington. And that's how Washington beat him. They had the ball for like 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. So when I say I don't know how you beat him, I mean, offensively, I don't know how you get him off the field. Um, but they may they may have to win games by outscoring, high scoring. Obviously, you win every game by outscoring the opposition. But I don't mean they're going to win games 13-10, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was 27-20 at the half on Sunday night. So the, the, the defensive side of the ball may be an issue for them. But you got Hurts in that offense. They're nasty. Is Mike White going to start from now on for the Jets. He has to. I think you're right. I want to say this, though, about Sunday. You know, Wilson against New England. New England has made a has made a habit of chewing up young, younger and youngish quarterbacks and spitting them out. The Bears defense is not good this year, okay? But the fact that the Bears defense isn't good doesn't have anything to do with just the way, the tempo, the pace, and the energy that that offense had with Mike White playing quarterback. You saw the way everybody responded. And, you know, I don't want to crush Zach Wilson. He's a young dude. It's still early in his progression. But I said last week, like, I don't think he can do it. Uh, He hasn't handled things well. Apparently, he apologized to the team, like, whatever. But that's between him and his team, Mm -hmm. but the whole team's response to this new guy uh, and the way they looked, Salah's too smart a dude to mess with that. If they, if they win again, like that's it. He's the guy. Yeah. I mean, look at the guys they have. They got studs at receiver. Tight ends are good. They got good running backs. They got, the problem was he couldn't get them the ball. You're not going to win anything if no, you can't get no. your best guys the football. No, not, and that's not a the, complicated <laughs> equation. That's the quarterback's job. And, I mean, good job for, for Mike White. He just went out and made the throws. Agreed. And it, I'm happy for I mean, I, I, I love, you know, everybody talks about a team's identity. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know, like, the representation the Jets have of Salah like it feels like they play like him, you know what I mean? That's a great like he, point. He is a he is such an impressive dude. He's not afraid to show his emotions. Uh, I love the way he handles himself in, in press conferences. But they play with a tenacity, man. Like that that defense does not stop. I mean, I know they're playing against the backup quarterback, but th- you're talking about time. You know, this is winning time. Uh, in the NFL, you win now and you start building. This is where you want to get going. And I just thought it was a huge deal because it's week to week league and you have to get up off the deck after that brutal performance against New England. And they did exactly what they what they had to do. And Jets teams in the past have not done that. And that's why I was, you know, good to see. I mean, they got Elijah Moore figured out. He gets a touchdown. Garrett Wilson is just I don't he's bad. That's a bad agent. Man. That's a he bad agent. Freakish. So um, it's it, it was really cool to see, and I will stick with my theory from I think it was week three. Jets are better than the Giants. Uh, I think the Giants are taking on water. They got to play Washington twice. Washington's next two games are against the Giants. Washington's favored this week. At, I mean, figure oh, it out. Figure man. it out. Washington's defense is real. Oh yeah, not San Francisco real. Okay, San Francisco's defense has four straight second-half shutouts. Now, look at who they played. Not great. 
not 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 horrifying offenses. This is way down the road. I mean, this week anyway. Miami at San Francisco this week. What a football game! I want to see that defense against Tua and that Dolphins offense right now mm-hmm. because Dolphins are cooking too. And look, the Dolphins haven't played great teams in this five game winning streak. Who cares? They yeah. won five. They won five straight, and they're in the mix. Um, but San Francisco's defense is horrifying. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's is is got that group Ooh. absolutely flying. Man. He's got a ton of energy on the sideline, and which is fun to watch compared to like a Shanahan who seems so stoic. Yeah, um, that's a scary team. But this Washington defense. Speaking of know, stoic on the sidelines, Coach yeah. Rivera, Coach he's Ron, not giving you anything. Not much. But you know, I look. I think they've turned a corner to a degree, you know, and and the defense is the thing, and they didn't, they didn't even get young back. They're going to get young at some point, added to the mix here. NFC East is interesting. Philadelphia and Dallas are two teams that feel like they could go to the Super Bowl. I don't think Washington and New York are threats for that. But I I, I do think Washington's next two games against the Giants suddenly become really legitimately interesting just because of how good they are on the defensive side of the ball. NFC, <laughs> the old mad dog, everybody's in the mix. Everybody's well, in the mix. A, a couple of years ago, you know, seven oh. and nine was good enough oh. to win to win that putrid division. And uh, th- this year, that's the NFC South. S- someone by rule uh, has to win. That's all I have on the NFL. I like you. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. <laughs> I have a team I want to talk about very quickly. Are they in there Connecticut? A, they are not. Oh, all right. We're going to get to that. That's that's we're going to close with. <laughs> Most as impressive as any team I saw this week, and that's the Purdue Boilermakers. Oh, they, they went up to the Phil Knight event in Oregon, and they play Gonzaga. And this is not Mark Few's best team. Okay, he, he doesn't have lottery picks on this team, but they're they're they've got experience and they're good. Timmy makes them up, uh, hard to get rid of, but Purdue went up there and kicked their ass. Mm. Okay, and then. Purdue on Sunday played Duke and they kicked their ass. They beat Gonzaga and Duke by 18 and 19 respectively. And I know if you've listened to us through the years, you know that I am in the tank for Matt Painter. I'm well aware of what they haven't done. I know that they haven't gotten to a final four. I get it. I just know that his teams run great stuff. Mm -hmm. Edie is a seven foot three monster who has grown into a very confident patient, great passer, good scorer. Obviously, rebounds and blocks are just going to come with his size. But they lost a guy, Trevion Williams, who's one of my favorite post players in the Big Ten for the last couple of years. And they lost the lottery pick in Jaden Ivey. And somehow, they seem scarier. Shout to Purdue. They were awesome this weekend. Uh, also, in that tournament, I think they were on the other side. How about the Pilots? That team's legit. Portland is legit. They gave North Carolina all they can handle. They spanked Villanova. And then they, I mean, they made a comeback late at the end. The meme of their coach just looking at the ref. And he just says, we got (laughs) (laughs) But I'm dying to see what that team does in the West, in the WCC. They got some players on that team. Uh, watch out and uh, keep an eye on their numbers in in, in some games. There you uh, go. Little, they, little, uh, little heads just, up. Just a little nugget. They'll be a late night team uh, playing this year. But I was really, really impressed uh, with the Portland Pilots. They were really good, but Purdue's Purdue. Like yeah. I just, I'm looking at them going. Do the Terps have to play? Oh, they got to play them twice. Oh boy. 
Mm. They got this little point guard named Braden Smith, who was oh. he was a, he was a three star. Okay, okay, okay. He's a three star. Sure, he is. He but all he does is get them into everything they want, exactly when and how they want to run their stuff. Man, <laughs> they were they are spooky. Uh, that was a scary. That was a scary sight. It's pretty crazy though, Scott. Like you, when you think back, and I just think Purdue is, is the perfect example. Like. I, like I, I look at Stanford, you know, Andrew Luck wasn't able to get to a Rose Bowl. He leaves and somehow they find it in the team to get to, like they lose a star. And Purdue feels like that where it's like, all right, we don't have the guy that got out of out of any trouble. We don't have the alpha. But I'll tell you right now, we're going to play as hard. Everybody knows their roles. And I just feel like that it, it I think the coach it knows uh, that he has confidence in these guys and they trust him and they know, uh, you know, different guys are going to have chances to win games. I, I just, I love that dynamic and we don't get it a lot, especially in that sport because everybody just leaves. Yep. So that's, that's one thing they got going for him. Uh, he's definitely had more talented teams, but this team is, is, is scary. Cause I, I, everybody just knows they're no, they don't care who scores. They're just going to go make it harder on defensive end and, and they get it done offensively. So, uh, yeah, for sure. They they were they were really impressed. I mean, Edie against likely. I mean, oh man, you talk about a man against a boy. It was it was something to see down on the post. It, it got ugly real quick. Well, he's an enormous enormous yeah. human, and again, he stuck around for a few years, and he's just playing with a different patience and confidence now. Yeah. Um, sure, glad we get to play them twice. <laughs> um, they were the most impressive team I saw. Uh, I think the most impressive team you saw, I think you probably saw Thanksgiving morning. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Sonya's Chargers got it done. Down 10 nothing at the half. It was a lot like the Michigan game. Didn't look good early. Went down 10 nothing early. And uh, methodically got it done. Got a huge touchdown before the half. And uh, rode the run game in the second half. Pitched a shutout in the second half against the a, a really good Naugatuck team and uh shout out to coach Brock and the staff. It was, it was awesome, man. Going up there to Naugatuck. It was that for the first time in a while, they were very confident. They had won last year, but uh, everything you want in a high school football game, multiple thousand people there. Great atmosphere. It turned out to be beautiful. It was like beautiful morning, huh? sunny it, all day. It was a uh, lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, and this is just, this is the level of just, it's just, my, you know, my f friendship and, and the admiration I have for, you know, you and what I know that means to you. I'm I'm literally I'm sitting in the keys and my family is like, what are you looking like? I, I try. I try to be, do my best. Don't have my phone. And mostly I didn't. I wasn't in my phone. Thanksgiving morning, a lot of refresh on Twitter, number <laughs> of different accounts. And I'm getting like. And Sonia's down 10 6 to Noggy. Yeah. And then I see, I want to say it was like 12 10. I'm like, here we yep. go. Yeah. Here we go. I don't know what our kicking game, I don't know what we're doing there. It's uh, neither. It's, it's fine. No, it's, fine. It's, not, it's not a priority. I'll tell you That's, that. <laughs> look, if you, we score sixes, we don't worry about the ones so much. No. The but kicker I mean, plays wide receiver and he plays safety. So there uh, you go. Yeah. yeah. It's a triple you know, threat, five tool player. But I mean, I, I, I've never been there. And yeah. I just, but I know, I know what it means to you. And so as much as you can be happy by proxy, like I was just, yeah. 
I was thrilled. I was I I was thrilled for you because I know you've lived that life. That the you know I saw some great pictures on social media. The, the the smiles on their faces. What it what it must mean if you're a kid from Ansonia to beat Noggy on Thanksgiving Day, and it's obvious it means a whole lot. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, can I just add one thing about Please. this past week and weekend? I wish you would. Shout out to all the people that get up around six or seven in the morning. I I don't know how you do it. I did it for about four straight days. I, you talk about being toast and we, our schedules are totally different. We're getting home, you know, two 33 in the morning. So we don't see the 6am hour much. Why, why were you doing that? I got the kids. So obviously they're early risers. They usually get taken care of and I, I get up to bring them to school, but I mean, they're not afraid to get up in the six o'clock, seven o'clock hour. Let's and go. you know, between Going to, you know, run some errands. I mean, the game's at 10 a.m. Thursday morning. And then Friday morning, I got them. That's a 7 a.m. And it's just like trying to stay up to watch these games, too. I was like, man, these people, I mean, teachers, all you out there. I I, I don't. I haven't seen 6 a.m. in I don't know how long. But, boy. And then, you know, to get up to drive, I'm just like, man, these, I don't know how you do it. I, Shout I, out to the early risers. Oh, man. I'm a night owl myself, yes. so I don't, I don't have any, have no understanding of that. Mm. Get to a lot, more, a lot more productive days, though, if you do get up. But. I will say this. The mornings when I'm up really early, I always have that that one moment of, of energy in the middle of the day where I'm thinking, oh, I got so much done. There's still so much day left. This is awesome. Then like 8.30 at night, you're just like done. Can't oh. out of gas. Yeah, it was like 9.30. I'm like, man. The only thing that kept me up Friday night was the energy in Tallahassee. That game was phenomenal. No, nah, there was no going to bed there. Um, but it, it was as advertised. It was a, an incredible week of sports. Um, it was nice to have a bit of time off to tap out, watch it from afar, not have to be on after. Hand out, you know, nine winners free of charge to the people. No big deal. They're free. They are free. Uh, and Sonia wins over Noggy. Got our playoff matchup for the uh, Texans. I mean, we're, we're in a good spot here. So. Uh, we're grateful for it all. Appreciate you all uh, out there, including us in your uh, commutes or while you do the dishes or while you're just sitting around bored. It's, uh, uh, we appreciate that as well. So we'll see you here back uh, this time next week and uh, enjoy your week and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then.